welcome to SBNM is here, the State Bar of New Mexico's official podcast. In this series, we'll discuss topics such as professional development, tools of the legal trade, and mental and professional well-being. Connecting the legal community across New Mexico, SBNM is here. All right, hello everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of SBNM is here. Just a brief intro into the podcast. We hope to cover a wide variety of topics. And because of that, we've created different episode categories. So at the top of each episode and in the episode title, we'll indicate what type of episode you'll be listening to. To save airtime, you can read up on the different categories at nmbar.org backslash podcast. While you are there, you can request to participate in an episode and also rate and review this one. We pretty please ask that you do rate and review each episode that comes out because we want to tailor the content towards you. So this episode will be a personal inventory. In these episodes, we'll discuss professional, personal, and mental health and well-being. For today's personal inventory, we'll be discussing if and or how COVID-19 has been a life transition for attorneys, judges, and other legal professionals in our state. My name is Morgan Pettit. I will be your host slash moderator for the episode. I am the current member services coordinator for the state bar, and I am fortunate enough to work with all the sections, committees, and divisions. Working with all the groups uh, during the time of COVID has really demonstrated the vast impact that it has had on the different areas and practices of law. And from that, I wanted our first episode to focus on you all, our membership. So to facilitate this discussion, we have our staff from the Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program. Pam, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Morgan. Um, and thank you uh, for having JLAP be the first episode of um, SBNM is here. So I uh, feel honored and I'm glad that you're doing one on personal inventory. Um, so my name is Pam Moore and I'm the director of the New Mexico Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know about uh, JLAP or NMJLAP as we call it, it is a program that um, takes care of uh, anybody in the New Mexico legal community in terms of a physical, emotional, mental health uh, well-being, well-being. So if anybody in the New Mexico legal community judges attorneys, law students, or their immediate family members, um, any members of their staff are struggling with anxiety, depression, addiction, um, marital issues, any conflict, they can call JLAP and um, we can get them the help they need, whether that's resources, services. Um, we have an EAP that we work with. Um, a lot of times, um, Tanessa and I have uh, uh, resources in the state and out of state, and so we're here to kind of bridge that gap and get, get people what they need. Um, so, so I've been in this position as director for about two and a half years. Um, I am not an attorney, but I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. Um, I in my I've also been in private practice for a while. Um, I worked in an intensive outpatient program for addiction uh, for several years, and before that, I was an industrial engineer. So I've I've had, worn a lot of different hats. Um, I I absolutely love um, working with the New Mexico legal community. And um, I love uh, continuing my work in this field of uh, mental health and well-being. And that's just a little bit about me. So I'll hand it over to Tanessa. Hello, everyone. Uh, I got to admit, Pam, that's kind of hard to follow up, but I'm going to try. <laughs> my name 
is Tanessa Aikens, and I am the clinical coordinator to JLAP. I work beside Pam Moore. Um, I have been in my position now since October of last year, so I, I got a little bit more time to put under the belt, but I am certainly diving in here. Um, like Pam Moore, I actually i am not a lawyer, and I, I don't have any history of being in the legal field. However, my background stems from working within the EMS system. I used to be an EMTB on the San Diego Fire Ambulance Unit. Um, and so, you know, looking at my position now, I, even though I haven't worked in the legal field, I am not scared to have tough conversations, and I definitely enjoy working with people, and I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, and I think the state bar has been strengthened by having you guys as a team together. Um, just in my time at working at the bar, you guys have done some really fantastic things and really expanded the program, which is why I'm so happy that we're doing this first episode together. <laughs> so uh, let's get to our first talking point. Um, I think before we hear about experiences from our membership relating to COVID-19 and all that's gone on, I think it's a good idea to define what a life transition is. So Pam and Tanessa, do you ladies have any definitions for us? Yeah, I do. Um, and I just want to give a little bit of, of background. So uh, when Morgan came to us and asked us, um, you know, we want to do this podcast and we want to do it on personal inventory. We want it to be the first one. And so what do you think we should talk about? And so we actually talked about, a, 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 you know, three or four different topics. But this one, um, which really, really seemed to stick out to me, and that is, has COVID been a forced life transition for some? So, so we, we've talked about, and, and I'm sure you guys have gotten a lot of emails on how people are experiencing um, the, the repercussions of COVID-19 and what it's like at work now and what it's like at home now and how it's disrupted everybody's life. And so what I started thinking about is there's different points in everybody's life as we go through our life journey where we experience a change. And that's basically one of the definitions I found for life transition is the act of experiencing a change. And so that got me thinking, has COVID forced a life transition on all of us, on almost the entire world? And if so, how has it done that? And also, um, how is it going to change us long term? So yes, it's changed. You know, there's there's been a short term change for most of us, but also is it going to change us in the long run? Um, so that's kind of how we came up with this topic. And um, so let me talk about one more definition that I have. You heard me say that life trans, the a life transition is the act of experiencing change. But the other definition of a life transition is periods of change that signal instability in an individual's life structure. And so life structure, life, you know, your life journey, there are periods along all of our journeys where there will be change. Um, and some of the more normal or the, the anticipated changes that we have in our lives are the milestones of age. Um, young, you know, midlife, and, and then old, and there's a bunch in between there. Um, moving to a new environment, so if we move even within our own community to a new house or moving um, 
into a new city or from state to state, stepping in and out of a relationship. Um, marriage is a life transition. Divorce can be a life transition. Becoming a parent or a grandparent is a life transition. Uh, the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, those are all life transitions. Retirement is definitely a life transition. So, so these are all the normal life transitions we think of. And so the question is, is has COVID now forced a life transition on people when they weren't going through any of these normal periods of their life or these normal changes in their life? But are we all experiencing a life transition that has been forced upon us at the same time? All right, so Tanessa, did you have anything you want to add to that? Yes, thank you. I think um, the only thing that I kind of want to piggyback onto that is making the distinction between predictable and unpredictable, because all of the things that you just said are, are great. And I think what I really want to point out is some of these things that we plan for or we expect. Uh, and I, I honestly don't think anyone expected COVID. So when we're looking at life transitions, we look at something like we plan to get married, we take steps. What does that look like? What do I have to do to make that happen? versus maybe the next day you find out something's going on with your health and you kind of have to put off everything else to tackle something that's now very important. And it, it's a life change and it's something that sometimes you just can't be prepared for. Yeah, I, think I agree. Those are all perfect are examples. And especially, yeah, just looking at the unpredictability and the predictability of what life has to throw at us. And um, I think COVID-19 has definitely been a shock to the system. So what we'll do is after the break, Pam and Tanessa are going to share some of the insights and reflections that they collected from various bar members uh, during the COVID-19 period. And we'll share those with you here shortly. The Solutions Group, the State Bar of New Mexico's EAP provider, offers confidential, free professional counselors to support employees and their direct family members by offering short-term counseling, assessments, and referrals for any life struggle. This includes drug addiction, relationship conflict, anxiety, depression, grief and loss, and other services include dependent care, crisis management and intervention, educational presentations, free well-being webinars, and online stress assessment tools. If you're interested, call 505 254-3555 or 1-866-254-3555 and identify with NMJ Lab to schedule an appointment, appointment or video visit. And we're back. So now Pam and Tanessa are going to share some of the member responses that they collected to see if COVID is a forced life transition. And I really like how Pam uh, posited this, uh, this episode, almost like we have a hypothesis at the beginning. And now we're just going to hear some anecdotal evidence, um, just from a, a few responses they collected to see if we are really at a forced life transition. So Pam, would you like to share some of yours first? Yeah, um, before I do that, I just, I would like to kind of give everybody, when you go, uh, the feeling of, of, when we go through these life transitions, there are different feelings that, that we can be going um, through. And a lot of times there, when, like Tanessa was saying, we can have anticipated life transitions, but also we can also go through life transitions that are unanticipated. 
meaning that the events were not expected to happen. Um, sometimes that comes in loss of a job or loss of a loved one. Um, we can also have what's called non-event transitions, which is when we expect something to occur, but it doesn't. So let's say we think that we're going to retire at age of 60, but w when we get there, we're, we realize we can't retire at 60, and now we're looking at, you know, further down the road. So a lot of times these life transitions um, can leave us feeling anxious. They can leave us feeling depressed. Um, uncertain, there can be a lot of fear. So the um, fear of the unknown, which I think a lot of us are going through right now, a lot of times they make us question our beliefs or our personal values. And I think that is also happening right now. And in terms of um, when Morgan had talked about, we had pulled some of the attorneys that we talked to, um, and we're gonna share those in a minute. Um, I think a lot of them are questioning maybe some personal values. Now, life transitions can also be very exciting, and there can be the anticipation of the excitement, like getting married or becoming a parent or becoming a grandparent. And after a life transition, we can feel unburdened. We can feel empowered. We can feel like we have more freedom or actually relieved, like the pressures come off of us. So the, so those are all things to think about when when you're going through the life transitions, what, what is it you're experiencing kind of before in anticipation? What do you experience? What are the feelings as you're going through it? And then when you're on the other side of it, how are you feeling now? Um, and, it, and it really does run the gamut and it really depends on what the life transition is. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll just share a little bit with, with some of the attorneys that I talked to. Um, they were, most of them have been pretty positive about what they're going through with COVID. Um, one in particular had said that this life transition, this forced life transition has caused um, him to accelerate some of the things he was already thinking about doing. So uh, spending more time with family, helping others, and not only helping others outside outside of the business, outside of the legal practice, but now being able to help others with the being a lawyer. Um, using the law degree to reach those goals. Taking meals, uh, or I mean, uh, family meals, taking walks with the family, entertaining yourself at home with, with playing games. Um, I guess essentially he basically said that life is slowed down and he didn't anticipate slowing down. That wasn't something he was going to do. But because of COVID, it forced this slowdown and this reevaluation or evaluation of personal family goals, family values, and then also some professional goals and values. And he had said in the future he wanted to get into doing, being of more service to others using his legal um, career, but he had envisioned it out in the future and not happening right now. Um, so overall COVID was positive. Um, obviously there were some things that were uncomfortable and, and with any change, there's always uncomfortableness and there's always things that we have to work through. Um, but in his life, it had caused, it, it, it caused him to be more grateful 
um, reconnect with old friends that he had wanted to connect with but just hadn't had the time to do. There had been a slowing down. There had been a reconnection with um, things, uh, activities with his family. So so th that's kind of the overall that I got from him in terms of talking about how has COVID changed his life. So, well, Tanessa, do you want to add a few of yours or Morgan? Well, just to respond to that that one before we hear from Tanessa, um, it just that it, it's reassuring to hear a somewhat positive, you know, twist on things. It almost sounds like um, this gentleman did. A, he found that he didn't have to wait for someday that because of COVID, he has been able to spend time with his family, do more volunteer work. It seems like that might be a, a sunshine coming through the clouds of you don't have to wait for someday that you can do it now. Right, exactly. That's yeah. Um, yeah. So well put. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, the thing to add on to that, um, I did speak to one lawyer who kind of opened my eyes to this, and what he was basically telling me was, with everything that he's experienced right now, he's gained an awareness of others. And what I mean by that is, when we were talking about life transitions, he brought up what is natural in most of our lives. There are struggles that we as individuals go through. And, you know, you walk around carrying this weight with you and people don't get to see that. They don't know what you're going through. They have no idea what's going on in your life. And with COVID, he said the one thing that was really apparent to him is everybody else in the world is experiencing this. Everybody is having a take and an effect on their lives. And when we were talking about this, I, I kind of stopped and I go, you know, the first week or two when I went to the grocery store, you know, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how bad it's going to get. All I know is I have to I have to put a mask on and I need to get what I need and go back home. And so as I'm walking through the grocery store, I'm looking at all these people and making eye contact and they're experiencing some of the same, same things that I am. And, it, you know, it's, it's an odd thing because we all kind of experience something in our lives and I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes I feel really alone in those problems. Like sometimes I have this idea that I'm the only one that could ever experience this. And obviously that's not true, but there is something to be said about a shared experience among the others. And for him, when I was talking to the lawyer, he said it, he kind of stopped and thought about, you never know what someone else is going through. And his goal after everything kind of gets back to a more normal state was to reach out connect with people, find out what's going with them and see if they need support. doesn't matter what it is. He wants to reach out. Yeah, that, that's, that's beautiful. And I think we've seen it um, depending on if we're on social media or even just talking with our friends and family that there's the whole idea of being, I think they say hashtag alone together. I've seen that we're a universe united right now. Um, but that's definitely something that I've reflected upon too. So I think that that's pretty profound that he, yeah. he also mentioned that. Um, any, any other? Yeah. One more thing that I'll say um, that kind of goes in line with what you guys are saying is um, one of the attorneys said that he's found the other attorneys to be nicer that the pettiness and the, yeah. the um, <laughs> and I, I know, I know attorneys, you know, I, I, I know they can be, uh, I don't remember what the term is, but you know, they're, they're on opposite sides and they're, they're all working for the, you know, for their client. But he said, we're treating each other better now. 
that we're trying to figure out how to do cases a new way. We're forced to cooperate more. There's less petty tactics that, that you know, people are, are using, and there's less contention. So he said we're forced to rely on and trust each other a little bit more, which I thought was just absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that that is one aspect of COVID that doesn't go away. I hope um, attorneys do continue to cooperate a little bit more and treat each other better. Um, you know, they keep saying everywhere, we're all in this together, we're all in this together. You hear it on the news. And it really is true. And it goes exactly to what to what Tanessa was saying and Morgan was saying is that we are really all, all in this together. And, and so to treat each other with a little bit more compassion and a little bit more respect and, and courtesy uh, really goes a long way knowing that we're all feeling uncomfortable, that we're all not knowing what the next thing is that's going to happen. And um, it's hard. You know, this is a hard time. Agreed. Yeah. Did, uh, ladies, did either of your uh, respondents say anything about, um, like, isolation or, like, being in relationships, um, better in relationships, better at being alone? Absolutely. if I may, I did speak to one individual who his example kind of floored me. And, you know, he talked about his upcoming retirement and there was a sense of fear that came with retirement, obviously, because you've been doing something for so long and it's been your life for that period of time that facing a retirement means that's going to change. And when I asked him what what he meant by that and how it relates to now is, he was explaining to me, you know, now that I've been in isolation, you know, I, I live with my wife. I, it's the one person that I can actually be around right now, but he got a better understanding of who he was in isolation. And the way that he described it is, is I spend so much of my time out of the house, dealing with cases, talking to different people. It's a sense of a distraction that keeps my mind busy. And he found that at the end of the day, when those distractions weren't there, he did whatever he could to not really kind of focus on what was going on around him, such as the retirement. And his sense was, is now that I've been doing this during COVID and I've actually started to listen to myself, where are my thoughts going when I'm not distracted? I actually look at my retirement as a good thing. There are many things that I'd love to do. And now that I actually know what that steady, fast, quiet looks like, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a change and I'm not as scared of it. That's fantastic. I mean, that's wonderful because I know <laughs> so many people are constantly on the on the go, and uh, just like you, ladies, I'm not an attorney, so walking into this area of practice, just seeing how busy everybody is, and the thought of stopping or um, even having the time to stop was daunting to a lot of people. So um, I think that's beautiful. Learning to be better alone—that's that's pretty profound in of itself as well. Okay. Yeah, and you know, I I know that so far we've kind of talked about the the positive what what positive things people are experiencing and seeing in their lives uh, due to COVID, but there are plenty of uh, people out there, attorneys included, that you know, like you had just said a few minutes ago, Morgan, that are isolated, that are not liking. Um, being isolated, that are wondering if they'll be able to continue with their law firm if they're in solo and small firm, um, that, you know, have had to lay off staff 
and 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 didn't like having to do that. And there have been um, lots of people that are experiencing more conflict or marital issues at home. Um, you know, just being cooped up with the same person or people day in and day out can be difficult. And so um, there there are, are many things that are very uncomfortable and unsettling about this time for people. And, um, you know, even attorneys have found themselves uh, with no work because of COVID, um, especially some of the younger attorneys that maybe had had a job set up and maybe they just graduated and took the bar exam and passed the bar exam and, and it had an offer and then it was rescinded. So there there are plenty of people in the legal community that that this has not been a positive experience. Um, you know, it, it's been hard. So I just want to I want to mention that so people don't think that you know that that this is you know the people that we talked to it was all rainbows and unicorns because it hasn't it's been it's been difficult as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and working with some of the groups, um, I've heard of a lot of people thinking, well, you know, I got into this this area of law, but is it really what I want to do? Do I um, do I want to continue having interpersonal relationships with people, or is it better for my mental health and my professional health of my business to just do something that's more paper heavy, um, where I know there's a steady stream of income? So yeah, Pam, I think that's that's a very good point to make. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we usually don't as a as I don't think the legal community usually does a lot of the stuff, their stuff online. So it's been really hard. They've had to figure out how to um, hold cases. Do you hold them online? That's really hard to do. Or do you just, you know, do you, are you suspending them? Are you putting them out away on the calendar? Um, so I think. Uh, we're not the the legal community is not a profession that does a lot of things online can do all their you know most of the business online we do a fair amount of connecting with other people connecting with our clients um, being in court together um, you know deposing witnesses picking juries that's really all done face to face and so this has really made it hard to figure out how to continue to do business even though there's there's this physical distancing that we are required to adhere to. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just, I guess, one last topic on this. Did anybody say anything about um, interpersonal relationships, um, particularly with clients? I know we briefly talked about um, stepping away from the pettiness of, of, of the profession, and I, I truly hope that also stays. Um, but especially with clients, anything there? Yeah, actually, um, I, I had one individual that I, I spoke to that I, I had to save a quote from what she said because I thought it was beautiful. And she replied, in this pandemic, I've had the opportunity to be the nurse equivalent in the legal field, and I'm very proud of that. And I kind of paused, and I asked her, I was like, what does that mean to you? What Can you explain that? And when she was talking about her clients, there are still clients that she has had to go meet in person, you know, social distancing, of course, but sometimes you can't get around that. And she spoke of the relief the clients were expressing to her, because let's be honest, there's a lot of essential services that are going on right now. And despite a pandemic, they can't just close down and the law field being one of them. And so she was telling me that some of her clients were very afraid that their cases 
would just get dropped and wouldn't know when they would start up again. And there was a huge fear of the unknown, which I'm sure everybody is familiar with. But she said that she didn't necessarily feel like her clients didn't appreciate her before, but definitely now that it's hands-on still during the pandemic, her clients were very happy to see her. And she honestly said that that was a, a huge morale boost on its own. So clients are being nicer too. <laughs> that well, is always the thing. Disability needs to go both ways. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mention I didn't mention that, but there can be some difficult clients out there for sure. <laughs> All right, any parting thoughts, ladies, before we move to a break? Um, no, not none for me. All right. Well, after the break, we'll evaluate and see if this is a forced life transition, and we'll wrap up our thoughts. Are you interested in participating in the SBNM is Here podcast? We would love to have you. It's as easy as recording from your office. All you need is an internet connection and a phone. To learn more, visit our website at nmbar.org backslash podcast. All righty. Now to kind of wrap this all up, I, I think we have... You know, we've defined what a life transition is. We've looked at it as forced, and um, also we talked about um, it being predictable and then unpredictable, and we've discussed a few examples. And ladies, do you think we can say that COVID has been a forced life transition for people? Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, I definitely, obviously, we, I feel like we emphasize some positive things, and I think that might just be um, the, the, what am I trying to say, the optimist coming out of us, um, trying to get through now, concluding almost three months of uh, quarantining and isolation, um, but it seems like a lot of people have been reevaluating their jobs, their relationships, and life goals, all of those things. Yeah, yeah well, you know, if you as, just, if, yeah. go ahead, Tanessa. Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to say, as Pam said, there are positives. We have heard a lot of positives and there are negatives. And I think one of the things that I've really taken out of from the people that I've spoken to is the introspection that's come with this forced life change for them. And whether that's their being at home with their family and recognizing there are things that they now get to do with their family or them being at home alone and recognizing what it means to be in isolation and taking that for full face value there are positive and negatives to it. But from what I heard from most people, it it was something to reevaluate re from themselves. And I thought that was pretty powerful. And a lot of the individuals that I spoke to really wanted to push that back out when it becomes normal again and reconnect in a different way than they did before. Yeah. I I would say the we we have talked about the positive and, and negative and i would say definitely this has been a forced life transition even if we just go with the original definition that says you know life transition is the act of experiencing a change almost everybody has gone through some sort of a change um, with covid so i the the, the people that i have found that I've talked to you know 
outside of the legal community in the legal community any just anybody that have fared better um, in going through this these the restrictions and and what's been forced upon us are the ones that have a more of a, a grateful heart um, that are able to see the positive that even even though there's parts of the life, their life or parts of this whole transition that they don't care for, they still choose to look at, you know, kind of on the bright side. What are the things that I can be grateful for? What are the things that are working well? Um, <clears throat> knowing that this too shall pass, um, how, can I, how can I be of service? How can I make the best of it? Um, how can I reach out to others just to connect and, and see how other people are doing? So all of those types of thoughts are, are thoughts that we choose. And, you know, so the people that, that have really done done well, that, that their mental health is in good shape, that they, they're, they're overall pretty happy um, or content during this time frame are the ones that have, that, that I have chosen to look at this, um, at the grateful piece of this or, or what's good about this. Um, what were the positive things that I can pull out of this? So, I mean, that's, that's a whole nother topic. But I, <laughs> yeah. think, I think it, it is, how, you know, our thoughts and how we choose our thoughts and the way that we choose to live. Um, that, that absolutely is, is uh, we can talk about that for hours, but, but this is just to say <laughs> that, that life transitions happen you know, they're going to happen. If if you have a belly button, you're going to go through a life transition at some point or another. And so how you choose to go through that life transition makes all the difference in the world. That could be well, a good that. alternative title for the episode if you have a belly button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> you're going through a life transition. <laughs> if yeah. you have a belly button at some point, you're going to go through a life transition. Yes, and I think that's definitely a topic in of itself. And um, hopefully, we have this is the first episode, so we'll we'll definitely see who our audience is. But we know we have a, a huge range of people in the legal community. Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough to work with the bar groups, but I also do work with uh, the law school. And uh, seeing, you know, the the students who are currently in school having to face a virtual classroom um, to the recent graduates who are seeing a delayed BARD exam uh, to the, the the people who just passed the bar exam. It's a huge feat of in itself that seeing a delayed swearing in and, you know, you ladies talk to people who are established in their practice. And then we also have the people who are retiring and just a small example of uh we typically celebrate the 50 year practitioners at annual meeting, but we can't do that this year. So just everybody's been impacted on a, on a bigger level. Um, so hopefully we all keep that in mind that we are still a full legal community, that we're all interconnected. Um, so any last thoughts, ladies, before we officially wrap up? Um, well, just thank you for having us on, Morgan, and, and, and thank you for exploring the topic with us. And it's been a pleasure. And uh, I, I guess if anybody, you know, just I'll do a plug for JLAP is that if you are struggling, if you, um, with anything, just call. Um, we are completely confidential. If you're calling, 
about somebody that may be struggling, you can call in anonymously. You don't have to give us your name. Um, our, our goal is never, ever to get anybody in trouble. Our goal is to always just reach out and help and to see what services and resources um, we can provide. And a lot of times, um, Tanessa and I are listening, um, you know, just listening, and, and we do follow-up, and, and we really um, just try and take care of the New Mexico legal community and make sure that, that you are fit to practice, that you are healthy um, personally and professionally. And so um, please don't be afraid to call. Um, we also have an EAP that we work with, and so, um, you know, we will refer to the EAP a fair amount as well. So that's it and for I, me. I think I think to add on to that, um, you know, even going back to what the one particular lawyer told me, we are all going through this together. And it might not ever be the same for each individual, but there needs to be more of an awareness that all of us are in it together and to reach out to others can be powerful. And like Pam said, me and her mm -hmm. are here. Just mm -hmm. give us a call. Wonderful. All right, to formally wrap this up, we turn it back to you. Uh, have you as a listener experienced a forced life transition, whether it be big or small? What has this experience meant to you? We've given you some examples, but how does this show up in your world, professionally or personally? Once we have uh, not only seen the light at the end of this COVID tunnel, but hopefully traveled through it together, how do you think this forced transition will show up in your life? Thank you for listening. This episode was produced by the State Bar of New Mexico's Member Services Department and Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program. All editing and sound mixing was done by Blue Sky Elearn. Intro music by Kevin McLeod at Comtech. The views of the presenters are that of their own and not endorsed by the State Bar of New Mexico. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.